0: Hey there. This is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. In the first chapter of Joshua, God is talking to Joshua, the man who became leader of the Hebrews on the death of Moses. He tells him, I have given you every place that the sole of your foot will tread on. God is, I am. And that's the same for you and me. My awareness of being is God and so is yours. These aren't separate people in the Bible. These are all states of consciousness within every one of us. Joshua means I am saves and is told that wherever he sets his foot, wherever he goes, It's His. This can be taken literally, that wherever we go, the land is mine to take. And that kind of thinking has shown up in scripture-based countries for centuries. Governments have used verses like that to justify the taking of other people's lands and to justify obliterating whole cultures. But that's when you're taking things like this literally and using them, these verses, as an excuse to hate and to murder. But that's not what this is about. That's not what it's saying. This is an internal movement. Wherever I go in imagination, if I occupy it, it's mine. The soul of your foot isn't necessarily the actual foot. Soul means power, and foot is a euphemism for pudenda. It's using the reproductive parts to symbolize the power that is within us. Wherever I go in imagination, even if it's harmful to me, it will be mine. Whatever state of consciousness I inhabit, I'll experience. Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on my I amness, and I will be saved. I was raised to believe that I had to end every prayer with the phrase, in the name of Jesus, for it to be a true prayer, for it to work, for it to stick. And I had to rebuke the devil with the name of Jesus. And I sing songs about the power of the name of Jesus. There are religious groups today that have split over whether or not to say in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when baptizing someone. Whole denominations have been formed over that silly little debate. But this Jesus I was taught to believe in and, well, name drop whenever I wanted anything, isn't some being outside of me. It is the power and wisdom of God, and it is within me. How do I know that? Because the B-I-B-L-E tells me so. It also tells me that God's name is I Am and that I am's kingdom or realm is within me. John 14, 13 says, And anything that you will ask in my name I shall do for you, that the Father may be glorified in his Son. This doesn't mean add the name of Jesus to the end of your prayer. Name in this verse means nature or character. So I take on the character of the state I want to experience. I do it in the name of I am, by assuming the nature of the state, the feeling of the state. How would I feel right now if I already am the person I want to be? Or how would I feel if I already had the thing that I want? The Father is unconditioned awareness. I condition it by who and what I am imagining I am. The Son is the express image of the Father. So whatever I imagine myself to be, I'll see it come about in the Son. The proof is in the Son, in my world. That verse says that the Father will be glorified in His Son. Glorified means to add weight and real substance or value to So I assume the feeling, the nature of the state I want to express, and I remain in that feeling, and imagination will add weight and substance to it in my physical world, which is the express image of what I am imagining. I'm always experiencing the image I am holding of self. My concept of self and others shape my world, so I I don't want to spend my time imagining anyone other than myself has any power over me. Neville says, man's faith in God is measured by his confidence in himself, for the self of man is God. That's God's eternal name. God's eternal name is I am. That's God. This can be a huge shock when you discover your own awareness of being is God. It's not some separate being out there somewhere. It was a real blow to the mob that was looking for Jesus in the Bible. He sees them coming and he asks them, whom do you seek? And they answered, Jesus. And Jesus said to them, I am. And when he said, I am, they fell to the ground This happens twice in the story. Now, in many verses and in movies that I've seen, many different translations, they have it saying that Jesus says, I am he. But depending on your translation that you're using, if you look up those verses in the book of John, you'll see the word he is in italics or brackets, depending on the translation or the version you're using. That's indicating that that word is not in the original manuscripts. What the original manuscript says is they're looking for Jesus. They're looking for this God. And Jesus says, I am. And this is all an internal, internal thing within each one of us. When we realize that, that there is no God to find outside of us, that this God that we're looking for is our own I amness." our own awareness of being, we fall to the ground, we fall back like this angry mob in this story. It's such a shock to our system finding out that there never was some outside power. Nothing special about our church or our religion or our legal system or economic system. No power in our social media presence or financial status. The one and only true power is our own imagination. If this seems strange and foreign to you just toy with the idea of who god or jesus christ is be open to just a little shift in your body of beliefs any shift no matter how small it seems will cause a change in your world i know growing up seeing the bible and god so differently it can be hard to accept Even if you don't agree with me and firmly believe that Jesus actually walked the earth, then you and I are still the same as Jesus. He says in John 10, 30, the Father and I are one. And in John 14, 12, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And in Mark 3.35, he says, "'Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister.'" Okay, so what's the will of God? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 37, "'Love the Lord your God with all your heart "'and with all your soul and with all your mind.'" This is the first and greatest commandment. And he goes on to say, "'The second commandment is like it.'" "'Love your neighbor as yourself.'" If I believe in him, what's his name? His name isn't Jesus. That's a transliteration of Joshua, which is anglicized and contracted from the original. The name means God saves, and God's name is I am. So I am saves. So this greatest commandment that Jesus is telling us, love the Lord, love your awareness of being, love the i am your i am with all of your heart with all of your soul with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself because your neighbor is yourself don't take my word for it or the word of anyone else commune with your own heart like neville says buy your religion wholesale go directly to the source don't buy it retail with some man in between go to your own imagination your own i amness put these questions to yourself as you fall asleep tonight trust that you see clearly who you really are or that you have a clearer understanding of what i'm talking about here get the truth from the true source yourself i promise you if you allow this little shift in your little in your body of beliefs and put these questions to yourself, you will find some wonderful things within you. I know from experience that the hidden things will unfold within you. In the lecture, Seek ye first the kingdom, Neville says, as you dwell upon it, the whole thing unfolds within you. That in your outer world, you won't have to say, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? And what shall I wear? Things happen, strange, marvelous things happen in your world, and you don't have to be concerned about marginal things of life. What is the real focus, the center of your focus, and not on the fringe? And if you put the center of your focus on that, you wouldn't have to consider about money and these things at all. I know from experience that if you dwell upon these things, things happen out of the nowhere. In this lecture, he's talking about put your focus on the kingdom, these hidden truths that he's teaching and that the Bible's talking about, that this God is really you, your own awareness of being. Look to that. And all of these other things that used to seem so important and vital to your existence, money and homes and relationships, all of these things are still yours, but they come about so easily and naturally for you. As the layers peel back, you'll know that you can move yourself and anyone else into a lovelier state by simply assuming it's done. You'll know that by having a little imaginary conversation with a loved one about their good fortune, you've set it as done, and it will be done. I wasn't interested in the deeper truths that Neville is talking about, not not at first and not for a while, I wanted things. I wanted the things that were so important to me. I wanted to be healed. I wanted better relationships with my family. I wanted more money. And I got all of those things by applying what Neville calls the law of of assumption. I cannot stop assuming, and neither can you, no more than you can stop breathing. So why not apply this law to get those things in life that you really want? It's much simpler than I used to make it though simpler than a lot of people make it. If you could see how you've been doing it all of your time on earth and are doing it at this moment, you'll come to understand the simplicity of it. You are the operant power. There is no other power. And it doesn't operate itself. You don't just, you know, do uh, like Doris Day, "K sera, sera, whatever will be, will be getting tossed around by the facts of the world. No, grab that rudder and act. Move an imagination into the states you really want to express. You don't have to pray to any outside God or ask anyone for their approval. You promised yourself, because this the Bible is yourself speaking to yourself. You promised yourself in that verse that I read at the start. God, I am will give you every place you set your feet. Every state you move into is yours if you occupy it. The simplest way for me to know if I'm occupying the state is to check in. See if I am in the state of my wish fulfilled. Notice what I'm imagining throughout the day. When I think of a friend or family member or my mental conversations with them from this new state, or are they still coming from the former state of lack? Every now and then, I'll run into someone who tells me that they don't have mental conversations. They just have no inner monologue. So I tell them to just notice what they're feeling throughout the day. Do I feel that I am the person I want to be? That I have the thing I have been wanting? Even though the present facts seem to contradict it, what am I feeling? If my answer is yes, then great, keep going. If no, then bring up the feeling of that new state, that state of my wish fulfilled, that state where my wish is already true for me. It's already true in my life. And I bring it up again if I notice I'm feeling something contrary to that. The state I most frequently return to becomes my dwelling place. The more frequently I return to it, it becomes a habit to return to it. And that habit turns into my dwelling place. So don't get upset if you notice that you're doing it a dozen times a day. (laughs) I have done it dozens and dozens of times a day. But just keep doing it without judging yourself or getting upset. Notice it and get back into that feeling, back into the new state, your desired state, the state of your wish fulfilled the state where you are financially free you are in a love and loving loved and loving relationship that you are fit and healthy it doesn't matter if the facts around you are uh, telling you otherwise at the moment it doesn't matter if you if you want to tell me they've been telling me they're they're contrary <laughs> the facts are still saying i'm wrong well, what are you imagining Get back into the state of that wish fulfilled. Don't be concerned with the time it seems to be taking. I know, I know it's frustrating. It can be frustrating. Believe me, I used to watch the clock and the calendar and, and I would start imagining a he- way ahead of me. Like, okay, I have money today, but I've got to pay these bills next week. And then I've, Kim's going to want to go shopping. Damn it. Oh, those damn kids are gonna wanna eat. What the hell, don't they know what I'm trying to do here? (laughs) I'm trying to occupy the state of financial freedom (laughs) and they're sucking it all out of me. Well, that's what I was imagining. So I get back into the state, my state of wealth creator or financial freedom or fit and healthy. There are endless states. So you construct, construct the state you want to inhabit, the state you want to express, and step into it by feeling what you would feel if you were already that, and surrender to it. Trust imagination, trust God. That is your own I am-ness. So whatever feeling you're attaching to those two words, I am, is what you're imagining. So notice what you're saying you are throughout the day. And when you notice it's not what you want to be, stop right there, stop it. You don't have to holler out, cancel, or stop it in the name of Jesus. No, just stop right there and change what you're feeling. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.